0: داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا مريرا فاما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بداع وكل بداع دلال وكل دلال في النار. My dear respected brothers, sisters, elders, <coughs> last week we looked at why challenging times happen in the light of the quran and sunnah today let us look at the way forward to begin we must always have hope we must never lose hope because it is the hope of sunrise that keeps the traveler going in the dark cold night on a lonely road Haunted with shadows in which evil lurks. He draws strength from his past and plans for the future. And that is what we must do. But even before we go there, I remind myself and you that we must never lose sight of the fact that this life is a journey. It is not the destination. A journey towards our destination, which is inshallah Jannah. <coughs> Excuse me. We must remember what Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala Jalla Jalaluhu told us. Kullu dunya illa Allah Jalala, Jalla Jalaluhu said in Surah Al Imran, everyone shall taste death every living thing every soul will taste death and only on the day of resurrection on the day of yomul qiyam on the day of judgment will you be paid your wages in full and whoever is removed and saved removed away from the fire and admitted to Jannah, indeed that person is successful. The life of this world is only the enjoyment of a deception. Winners are decided only at the end of the race, and often the one who wins is not the one who was fastest at the start, but who stayed in the race until the end. Consistency and perseverance are critical. Talent is overrated. <clears throat> Sustained, thoughtful effort will beat talent every single time. Life is the greatest blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla, jalla And in that life, the greatest blessing is Iman. To recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to worship Him because we love Him. I put life before Iman... Because if we live, we can always turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and repent and have our sins forgiven. It is important to keep this truth in perspective that the door of istighfar and tawbah remains open until our end. It is also equally important to remember that this ending can come at any time. So while being happy that the door of tawbah and repentance istighfar is open, We must not become complacent about it because it can shut at any time. In a race, experienced racers focus on themselves to ensure that they are doing all the right things. They don't allow themselves to be distracted with what others are doing. They don't look at the equipment or style or resources of their opponents. They focus on their own game, so to speak, they focus on their own style. They are careful about doing the right thing <clears throat> in the right sequence at the right time, and they focus on the goal because they understand that winners are decided only at the end of the race. The second thing is to think of the times when we face difficulties and survived and emerged stronger. This can be as individuals in our own lives or in the stories of our families and of the Muslims as the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Let me illustrate for you some of the worst crises that we Muslims faced in our history. As I speak, please put yourself in those locations that I am going to talk to you about and in those situations. Imagine that you are a little bird perched on a branch of a tree, witnessing what was happening. Listen to the voices, see the faces, colors, noise, dust, conflict, aggressors, victims. Look at the smiles and tears. Try to feel their pain, their pleasure, their fears and apprehensions, their hopes and aspirations. You are an interested observer. First... Picture, it is a hill town, home to one of the two powerful and respected tribes of the Hejaz, the Banu Saqif. The town has its own temple, which ensured a steady stream of visitors, which generated revenue for the chiefs and businessmen and enjoyed and employment for others. Two men are walking up the steeply inclined road leading to the town center where the three chiefs who ruled the tribe live. Passers by and others in the town square look at the men and it appears that they recognize them. You, the little bird on the tree also looks at them and you recognize them, right? The men go into the houses of one of the chiefs and after some time they emerge. And the chiefs come out after them and shout at them and call on the people who drive them away from the town. You are astonished at this complete break with Arab tradition of hospitality to the stranger. But you see urchins and loafers start shouting abuse at the men and throwing stones at them. The men are injured and bleeding by the time they go out of range. You recognize the men, of course. One of them is the best of all creation. The beloved of Allah. Jalla and his companion is his adopted son. Yet they are helpless, abused, beaten, injured physically and emotionally even more. Though those are wounds that you can't see. Why? Why is it happening? You ask yourself, what is their crime? Why are they being punished? Looks like punishment. So why is it happening? I ask you, as a spectator, interested spectator, you're sitting on that on that branch, what do you feel? Put yourself there. What did you feel then? You are a Muslim, you are a movement. Seeing our Rasur being treated in that way and no divine help coming to his aid. Did you think the world would come to an end? Did you think this was the end? Did you think that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala would destroy everybody there who attacked his Messenger? Wa but did it happen? Did the world end? Did it, was everybody destroyed? Let's go to another day. Saturday, March 23, 625 AD, 7th of Shawwal Hijri. There is a battle raging at the foot of the mountain of Ahud outside Medina. The battle is going in favor of the Muslims. And you, the little bird on the tree, you rejoice to see the enemies running. And then suddenly the tables are turned. The cavalry of Khalid bin Walid, at that time he was not Radiallah Anhu, later he became, routs the Muslims. Muslim soldiers are being killed everywhere. You see what is happening to some very famous Sahaba of Rasulullah. The first envoy of Muhammad to Medina. On whose invitation most of the powerful and influential chiefs of the Ansar came to Islam. Musa ibn Umair anhu, fell. Abdullah ibn Rawaha anhu, The cousin of Rasulullah was killed. And then as you watch, you see an Abyssinian warrior with a spear. Taking cover of rocks. Going towards the uncle of Rasulullah ﷺ, Hazrat Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib Radiallahu Anhu, and as you watch, he throws his spear, and the great Asadullah, wa Asadul Rasul, is Shaheed. in the path of Allah. You see the enemy attacking Rasulullah ﷺ's position, and then. Your worst nightmare comes true. You see Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam struck on his blessed face and he falls. There is a rumor that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has been killed. For you, the world has ended. What is the point in even being alive? Islam is over. The Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is no more. My question is, what did that happen? Four years later, in December 629 or January 630, there is a debate on the exact date. You see Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi entering Makkah as a conqueror. And a few weeks later, you see him conquering Attaif, the same town that drove him away those many years ago. The Muslims who drove him, the, the, the people who drove him out and their wealth came into the hands of the Muslims as spoils of war. The Battle of Hunayn was one of the most significant victories of the Muslims and secured the entire Hijaz region for the Muslims. اقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه انه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على شرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعده قال تعالى ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد Kama barakta ala Ibrahima wa ala Ibrahima inna Fast forward 500 years. You are in Baghdad, the capital of the Abbasis, whose empire extended from the Iberian Peninsula in Spain to Sindh in present day Pakistan. A center of learning the like of which the world had never seen before or has seen, his, or has seen since. A place with more libraries in one city than all of Europe put together. A city the scholars of which translated the work of Greeks into Arabic, which later became the basis of the European Renaissance. The home of scientific discoveries, philosophical debates, books and poetry, the coming together of the great Abrahamic faiths in theological discussions and culture debates. As you watch... The vibrant markets, the beautiful palaces, the magnificent masajid, the court of Al-Mu'tasim, the Khalifa, a direct descendant of Rasulullah ﷺ. You learn that the Mongol horde commanded by Hulegu Khan, the grandson of Genghis Khan, is on the way to besiege Baghdad. You are not unduly perturbed because there is an army of 60,000 soldiers. At the command of Al-Mutasim. And after all, he is a direct descendant of Rasulullah, SAW, so the help of Allah must come. But to your utter horror, Baghdad falls in merely thirteen days. The siege lasted from January 29 to February 10, 1258. The Mongols laid Baghdad waste they say that books from baytul hikma alone were thrown into the tigris there were supposedly so many that a horse could have walked across the river on those books they say that the water of the tigris ran black with the ink from those books priceless manuscripts that contained the peak of knowledge of all of mankind sank into the mud of the tigris lost forever Death counts vary widely, but it is estimated that one million Muslims were put to the sword men, women, children. The Mongols looted and then destroyed mosques, palaces, libraries, hospitals, grand buildings that had been the work of generations were burnt to the ground. Al Motasim, the descendant of Rasulullah, was executed along with his whole family. Hulegu took the women of his family as slaves. People, listened. the Sayyids of the Sayyids, people related directly to the Sallam. from the Banu Hashim, from the Banu Abdul Muttalib. Were sold in the streets of Baghdad. Hulegu distributed them to his soldiers. Hulegu ordered that Al-Mutasim's children should first be killed before his eyes, and then that he should be hanged. That was done. Remember, these were not merely Muslims. These were people with the highest lineage. With the wasta, the wasila, you call it what you want. The silsila. There is no one in the world who can compare with the silsila and the wasta and wasila of Al Mothasim. <laughs> the golden age of Islamic rule ended. And for you, the little bird on the tree, the interested spectator, for you the world ended. My question once again, but did it? What did happen, Ajib the Khudrat of Allah, was that in the same time, in the same year, burke Khan, another grandson of Genghis Khan, the ruler of the Golden Horde, from 1257. To to, to 1266, he became Muslim. And he adopted Islam as the religion of the Ilkhanate Empire. Ozbeg, whose name was changed later to Uzbek, and the people are named after him. The Mongol Khan, under whom the Golden Horde attained its greatest power, not only became Muslim, but he he, he declared that Islam was the state religion. Easy to do da'wah like that, right? If you are the king, say everybody become Muslim, become Muslim. Khara's. As Allah Akbar, so eloquently in his Jawabi e shikwa as he put it, Tuna na mit jayega iran ke mit jane se, Nashae shahe ko ko taluk nahi paymane se, hai yo yorish tatar ke afsane se, paas baan mil gaye kabe ko sanam khane se. Alam said, and you will suffer no ending should Iran's star decline. Iran was the peak of civilization at the time. So using that allegorically speaking. You will not suffer an ending should Iran's star, star decline. It is not the vessel which decides the potency of the wine. It is proved to all the world from the tales of Tatar conquerors, The Kaaba found brave defenders among the worshippers in the temples. Now, Tatars again is a mistake because many of the Muslim writers and so on, they call the Mongols Tatars. The Mongols were a different race altogether. They were not Tatars. And one of the first things that Cengiz Khan did was he wiped out the Tatars. So they were not Tatars, they were all Mongols. I can give you many more examples from history. That's why the history is such an important thing to read. I can give you many examples from the history of Islam, from the history of the Muslims, history of the world, of suffering and disasters which make whatever we are facing today look like a Sunday school picnic. And that is why history is so important, because it helps us to see things in perspective. Life and times have ups and downs, and so we must never lose hope. Our hope is not a figment of our imagination, nor is it self-deception. It is rooted in our own history. History shows us that after every debacle, we survived and emerged victorious and stronger. So will it be in this case in our times, inshallah. But there are rules. First rule. Remember that the winner is always decided at the end of the race. And our race ends when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So stay true to Allah and Allah will help us. Number two, ensure that we obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa at all times. Nothing other than that will save us or relieve our suffering. Neither wealth, nor military strength, nor lineage, nor education. All these are important. But secondary to obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla Jalalhu, because it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who is the source of all power and goodness. Number three, ensure that we are always beneficial to all those around us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supports people if they are just and beneficial. Allah even supports a just and beneficial non-believer over a believer who is unjust and self-indulgent. And number four, remember that our return is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that he is always aware of all that is happening and has the power to change it. Next week, inshallah, we will look at future possible strategy, not easy, but doable. Right now we have a challenge or an opportunity, whichever way you want want to see it, of the Afghans, refugees who have come in our area. And therefore, I strongly encourage all of us to help them in every way that we can. Because when you say refugee, remember, the first refugee we remember is who? Mm-hmm. Rasulullah. The emigrants, the muhajirun, were not muhajirun like you and I are muhajirin. We didn't go voluntary, willingly, because we like the place. No. They were driven out of their homes like these people. And our role is the role of the Ansar, inshaAllah. So let us try and do the best that we can do. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, jalla jalalhu, to count all those who help with the Ansar of Rasulullah. I ask Allah to reward you as He rewarded them, inshallah I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with you and never to be displeased. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you and protect you in every way. From all the evil that you know And you don't know I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To cure anyone who is ill I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To take away their pain To to give them perfect health inshallah Specifically and specially I make dua And you all make dua for Zahir, The son of our brother Abdul Awal Who is still struggling with COVID We ask Allah Jalla to cure him And bring him back home safe and sound Inshallah We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To help you and to protect you And to Fill your hearts with his noon and with the حُبَّ of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Muḥammad Rasulullah he sallallahu We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you from sources that you cannot imagine and to become sufficient for you as only he can be sufficient for all of us insha'Allah. Amin. Ya ibadallah rahimakumullah Inna Allah ya'malu bil adli wal ihsan Wa itaizil qurba wa yanhaani al fahshai wal munkari wal Babi. Ya'izukum la'al lakum tadhakaroon Udkur allaha yadkurkum yastajib lakum Wala zikrullahi akbar والله يعلم ما تصنع اخي مصلا